Hello and welcome to the BNY Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Owen Shannon. Joining me is the DM, Peter Gorski. How are you? I'm doing tired, Owen. I'm very sleepy today. Peter might not make it through this whole episode. I think that's a possibility. Um, And our other co-host is Mark Gorski. How are you doing today? Uh, it's a disheartening day, Owen. Uh, I don't know if this is on your guys' radar, but it was on mine. Uh, out of nowhere, earlier this week or even last week, uh, Choo Choo Charles, the announcement of the release date, uh, dropped on for December 9th, which is today, and reviews came out, and it is not looking great. It is looking pretty bad. Oh, man. Well, I mean, what do people expect? What, what type of scale is it being rated on? Um, people are just saying like it is like three hours long. There's not very much to do. You barely encounter the train at all, uh, says some people. Like I know IGN reviewed familiar. Why does it sound familiar? Uh, I talked about it a lot for the E3 times. It was one of the games I liked the most there. The game about where you are conducting a train on a spooky island and there's just a monster spider train also chasing you at all times. Um, I mean, I thought it seemed cool. Yeah, like definitely had a very cool premise. Callisto Protocol, am I right, guys? Now with a 71 somehow. Well, Choo Choo Charles is way below 7 right now. Uh, Okay. Yeah, IGN gave it a 4 out of 10. My God. Yeah, they did not like the game. Some people are thinking people are being too harsh because one guy made this whole game. Uh, But at the same time... uh, it's it's i think it's kind of fair ball if people didn't like it they didn't like it it just sucks that like so many eyes were on this thing and a lot of expectations were held for because it was such a cool idea i but don't know if they were even... mark not to be a jerk i don't think they were i think they were high enough a lot of people had uh some expectations for this game not like god of war Ragnarok peter, peter expectations, expectations existed for this game <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> As so- someone at some point had an expectation that might have pertained to Choo Choo Charles. Okay. Well, maybe expectation, we could use a better word than expectation, but hopes were someone there. Someone generally wanted... looked in its direction at one point. People, so, there there was an audience of people excited for it, and it didn't live up to its hype because of its cool premise, is what I'm saying. I'm not saying it was one of the most anticipated games, but you know, people were curious what was going to happen here. But uh, I don't think I'm going to be picking it up now as a result because people are saying such poor things about it. Maybe when it's on sale, because right now full price at $20, I wouldn't want to do that. But if it were like less than $10, maybe, maybe I'd do that. Um, well, that's a shame. Uh, there's no way 71 is an accurate reflection of the quality of Callisto Protocol, right? I, I think it's probably a little bit higher than that. Just there's just it sounds like there's some mechanics that people just really didn't jive with. But I think the seven out of ten, uh, like it in a classic sense, I want to say the traditional seven out of ten just really doubles down on certain mechanics that just don't click for a lot of people. Maybe is that? Maybe it really is. <laughs> well, maybe I'm just being conditioned too much because. The, the games industry has kind of conditioned us to now believe that a 7 out of 10 game is bad. Um, 
But, I mean, I can believe this game being a 7, yet when I hear 71 Metacritic, that sounds like, that just sounds way too low. Does does that dissonance make any sense? It does, because, I mean, that implies that people are going well below 70, and that's where I'm thinking, like, okay, maybe maybe it's not that bad. Uh, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't played it, you know? Like, I, I just know what people say. And the biggest takeaway I have is just, wow, the dodging mechanics in this game sound kind of rough and aren't fun to play with, like in a frustrating level that just ruins the whole experience, no matter how good the rest of it is. Even though it looks pretty, it looks uh, very Dead Space inspired, but I don't know. Some people just feel that way, and I can kind of respect that. Um, well, Callisto Protocol, it, it didn't make the Game Awards... Uh, time limit here it didn't come out in time but it wouldn't have been nominated anyway by the sounds of it we are here to do like a little recap and reaction to the game awards we watched it together last night um and i think we should just start with some baseline thoughts peter what's your takeaway from the game awards what are you thinking this is the jeff Keeley and the game awards that these are the ones that I am proud to defend from you and your vitriol. This man, what he can put on a good show, knows what he's doing. It's one of the best the industry has to do so. The Game Awards, we are all better off for having it. Round of applause to Keeley and his team putting on a heck of a show. I feel like he took a lot of criticism of last year to heart. Somehow, the runtime was the same length as most other game awards, yet the pacing was so incredibly improved that it didn't feel like three hours. I feel like he did a good job of just downplaying a lot more of the advertising this time around. I didn't feel like I was being sold a product the entirety of it as I did last year. I just felt like, all right, these just got to pay the bills and... Every single time you had an ad break and it felt like it was just about to overstay its welcome, we were immediately back to the show and we can get more into the specifics later. Incredible reveals. Was it overflowing with musical performances and the ones we had were great and actually made sense and pertained to the games that we were there to see and talk about and look back on. Very, very good show from Keeley and his team. Very happy with it. Mark? Uh also really happy with the game awards outside of like some of the more common stuff like the usual gripes we kind of have where it's like oh uh it sucks that the game awards are in december not everyone's going to be able to play everything so a lot of the same stuff is going to get voted for and nominated uh and it was going to be a sweep of two games we all knew God of War. It was going to be Elden Ring versus God of War. I would have liked to see a couple other games maybe win. Well, it's, hey, don't worry, Stray won several. Yeah, I would have liked again. I would have liked to see some other stuff, you know, win, not Stray, uh, other categories. But overall, the reveals were really cool. Uh, I think. Are you here? Am I gone? Am I gone? Hello. Hello. You're no, here. I'm here. Done with a sentence. I was. I was just done. I, oh, oh, I that like seemed like a total cutoff to me. Oh well. Uh. Anyways, it is time for my opinion of Jeff Keeley's Game Awards. 
this was the best game awards by far ever of all time. Um, I have to give full credit to Jeff Keighley here. He showed up. He had some very legit reveals. Um, I was all for the, the God of War versus Elden Ring drama. I, out of chaos, was pulling uh, just a little bit for, for a stray game of the year. I mean, in reality, I wanted Elden Ring, but if there was going to be a wild card, I wanted stray just to see the world burn. Well, there was a wild card. It just took the form that none of us expected. Yes. Um, I was shocked by the appearance of a, what was it like a Reverend Bill Clinton or something? Did you guys actually see the clip of the, the guy? Oh my God. Oh yes. Oh, and I'm it's, it's all over TikTok. I there I am I follow movie reviewers that watch the game like movie reviewers that fucking live streamed them watching the game awards. Last night we were talking about during the middle of the show of oh is the game awards more popular than the Oscars or the Grammys and the Emmys? I'm seeing it in all like different avenues of people. It's like you watch the game awards, really? Like it's it's everywhere, Owen. Everyone's talking about it. Um, what a lame reason to get up on stage and, and get arrested for it. I want to, cause did you see the, uh, Jason Schreier interviewed the, interviewed the kid? No. He's yeah, no, Jason Schreier found the kid. He's 15 years old. And I didn't read the whole thing, but apparently he really did just try to go up there just, just for the laughs. That's so stupid. Um, well, I mean, fifteen-year-olds, fifteen-year-olds do it, stupid things, but that it was also weird. Of I was like, gonna say, yeah, I, uh, talking about his like pastor Bill Clinton, like what's going on here? His reformed well, reverend, I, I'll have you know. Yeah, hey, it's reverend. Way. Okay, let's reformed right. reverend. Just the fact that I mean, again, you can go back. And watch as the From Software team starts going up there. You see the moment he seamlessly blends into the crowd and latches onto them. And it's just like, again, it was stupid. I wish he hadn't done that. Jeff Keighley was furious about it. But at the same time, it's just like, I mean, props to him for actually getting up on stage. I can't, I can't believe I guess props. Uh, I don't know. Is this props worthy? The I, I, okay, like, it was stupid. I wish he hadn't done it. Like there are a lot of people cheering him on. I'm not cheering him on. I think I'm the my props is specifically his ability to blend into the crowd and how many people did not even notice that he did it or that he was up. We didn't even notice he was up there. We had no idea. We, no, had we no didn't pay attention idea. at all. We missed the moment. No. Yeah, um, millions. I, I will the bet we're not the only ones who just had no idea he was even up there. Uh, I did go back and watch a group I like. I watched their stream so that I could see it. And actually, the entire time they're watching the final speech, they were wondering, like, whose kid is this? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? And then when the moment happened, they're like, what? Like, that was actually a thing. And... um one of the girls on the stream made a funny joke of like, 
basically like only at Jeff Keeley's thing would there like accidentally be some sort of like child extremist gets on stage and says something stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean like I think it's funny, like in retrospect, because like it's very silly. This kid just kind of like walks up to the group, a la like Assassin's Creed blends into a group, and just no one can figure out why he's there. And you can see, like, as he's done, like on the mic and he's done talking about Bill Clinton, just security comes from both sides of the stage to escort this kid out of here. Everyone understands at this point he's not supposed to be here. And watching him swoop in, then Jeff Keighley just kind of puts on his face after being angry just to say, all right. And then having his announce. I wonder if he would have announced, or if he wasn't going to announce that the the Game Awards was going to do their concert in the summer, if that hadn't happened, that he wanted to end the note on some sort of uh, note that takes away from that. I th- Maybe, I, no, I, th- I think he was always going to announce that. Yeah, no. I, I, I could believe that, but it makes me wonder, like, what if? What if no, he that, wasn't going to do that? That's not like a makeup thing. Like, it's not. It's not. It, it, does it cushion a blow a little bit? Maybe a little bit. Maybe he's trying to defer it, like, in a panic mode sense. It's like, oh, God, I don't want people to be taking this away from the Game Awards. I mean, security had to have... They had to just get their shit torn apart. After that, because again, all right, it's just some dumb teenager who just did some dumb teenager shit. What if that wasn't just a dumb teenager? What if that guy was a real, like, oh, yeah, imagine it, it could have been like, horrible, absolutely, yeah, yeah, whether it be violence or imagine if he had been an edgy teenager who just went up and like screamed slurs on the mic. Like, there's no, no there's no coming back from that. Mm-hmm. Secu- someone must have been fired and like uh, I, I feel like in the future like what do you just have like security guards at every stairway out in front of the stage in the future I, like I imagine like even there's rehearsals for this kind of thing and you would understand who is and who is not coming up on the stage and I feel like not security necessarily be for aware. award winners mm-hmm. I mean I feel like that's how you make this more uh, safe proof in the future is you you know who's going up and like that is something in like you have an approved the nom- list from the potential yeah. nominees of like if we win this is who we will have come up on yeah. stage is this something not to expect or if, whether it's like specific people or just how many people it's like oh we're expecting two people okay two people come up on the stage yeah that, uh, if one of them can't sense. make it oh well yeah i think that's how you do that kind of thing I, i'd also heard from some people that uh, some of security on people's ways in. Uh, a lot of developers are trying to wear their union badge, and security was taking union badges from people, saying you cannot wear that in the venue. Which, kind of strange. Uh, I, um, I heard. From... What does a union badge look like? I couldn't tell you what it looks like. I just saw tweets of developers saying, "Hey, I wasn't allowed to wear my union badge." Security said, "Take it off." That's uh, like if it's like a knife. Then sure, don't bring them in. But if it's just like this little piece of metal that just says uh, union, I, I yeah. think it's fine. I don't know enough about how that works, but uh, I don't know if that's going to be something that we see kind of storm up in the next couple of days, or no one I will make anything of it. Not um, after. Well, not after <laughs> War Show. Yeah, I, I think it would be really weird for that to be some sort of mandate, and also. I'm not I'm not a professional here, but I can assume like this is not the game award security. This is whatever security works for the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe they got some some mandate to make sure that no one wears a union badge. That seems a little ridiculous to me. 
unless for some reason it in some way looked like a credential that could get you around the venue. Uh Maybe that Um, could be it. But I I don't know that that sounds like a whole lot of nothing to me. Um, I thought the venue was great by the way, their security, maybe not so much, but I loved the fact that we were in like a big theater that felt important. Like it felt like, uh, we were watching the Oscars to some extent. Um, well, it's, it's in the Microsoft Theater every year, Owen. I thought it looked way better this year. I, I, I wa- mean, I could, that could be true, but it is you always. And I, I think ever since 2014, it's been in the Microsoft Theater. Um, my I just keep... When I think of these events lately, I, I see Jeff Keighley in front of the video screen. Um like he was doing during covid and i thought that that might have carried over an extra year but maybe i'm just wrong um yeah i'm i'm looking at a picture that i believe is from 2021 and it was definitely more scaled back like the this had a real class well, yeah because they didn't need, they only had like a small amount of people in there because of covid um but yeah i thought i thought this look was really classy this year and i liked it um, we should go through and talk about some noteworthy announcements and some of the more noteworthy awards. Um, what do we want to start with? Let's start with the pre-show, um, which had one reveal that got a little pop out of us. Not that, not that it really matters to any of us. It was just more so interesting is the pre-show revealed Dead Cells Return to Castlevania, which is very interesting. It is a DLC. I thought it might have been a sequel. Yeah, a I DLC. did. Yeah. Still, though, I feel like I don't... I think it's the first sign of Konami, like, using the Castlevania IP in many years. Mark, and that, I think it's that a good feels fit like an too. answer I, I'm might know. Uh, I mean, outside of, like, the Netflix show, I don't... I mean... <laughs> I, th- I mean, I think Smash Brothers, of course. That's the last thing I can think of. But other than that and the Netflix show, I don't recall Castlevania being anywhere. I do know that it could be exciting if this is a sign that they are trying to lease it out a bit more. Uh, on a God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast I've listened to, the director went on to say, and almost regretted it, saying like, hey, if you guys can get us at Sony Santa Monica the Castlevania license, we would love to work on something like that. So... Just total nothing really there. But if if they really want to throw that around, I would love to see a Sony Santa Monica or Sony Santa Monica Castlevania game like that. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that would be pretty objectively interesting. I have no real attachment to Castlevania. Um, I've never. I don't even think I've ever even tried one of the games. But you know, I think it's a pretty cool aesthetic and obviously a storied franchise but um yeah i i thought this even though it's a dlc it was definitely the type of announcement that could have made the show um i think it's cool enough but uh and of course we got to shout out that there was a hellboy game revealed in the pre-show no we don't actually have to shout that out unless you are you guys i mean you've already done it all the genie's already out of the bottle i I going back i I Hellboy is a franchise. I, I feel like Hellboy is similar to me in like 
Aliens or Predator where it's like, oh, there's this new Hellboy piece of entertainment and media. And it's just like, it's, I mean, it's fine. Is there really that massive of a fan base for Hellboy? I mean, I guess there is. I never see or hear them, but clearly if there, there has to be a girl, they wouldn't keep making these things. There's definitely... There must be a cult following in terms of like the Guillermo del Toro movies. Um, but beyond that, like the most recent one that released, I think was what's considered to be bad. Um, I don't know. Getting into the show though, uh, did I'm, I'm just looking at a general list, it doesn't actually give me a full on timeline. Did replaced start the show that like fancy no, looking no. two 2D platform replaced was pre-show replaced was pre-show so then yeah. was Hades so was Street two, Fighter 6 the first announcement that wasn't the first the, the first really announcement matter? was Hades 2 it doesn't matter what order we go in no the only thing I would I from the just to close on the pre-show I didn't see it live because I was a little late to the viewing but Returnal coming to PC. I didn't think that was something we knew beforehand, right? We did. It because, has uh, leaked left it and leaked. right. It leaked a bunch, yes, but it's coming is soon. Yes, yes, officially. Same with Last of Us Part 1. That was also announced pre-show. Okay. Returnal I PC re- was NVIDIA leak, right? Yes. I believe so, yeah. Wow, that was a long time ago. Holy crap. Um, The NVIDIA leak just continues to be correct at every turn. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, let, let's let's just kick it off here with Hades too. This was a real tone setter for the whole night here because I don't think anyone had in their in their predictions podcast that we could possibly see a sequel to Hades or even the idea that we we would see Super Giants next game. Um, I I couldn't believe how many studios and long rumored projects all showed up in one night. I couldn't believe it. You had like three or four, I feel like, juggernauts that have just been looming in the shadows waiting for their chance to strike. And just one after another, after another, after another, they all came out. This is why this this show was so impressive this year. I mean, we get Hades 2, which is... I, I'm a little disappointed that they're doing um, early access again, but I, I understand it. Like, it worked so well for them last time. I was saying, not do it, it again? works. Yeah. Um, but Hades 2 was followed up by the announcement of Judas, which is... Ken Levine's next game, which I feel like has been one of those games in the rumor mill for practically my entire life at this point. Um, it feels like we've been talking about it for almost a decade. Uh, and Jeff got it. Like, that. this this is some real, like, Jeff, Kel- Jeff Keeley has been listening to me. And he knew he had to prove me wrong, and he's done it. Um, it really just goes to show, like, Jeff Keighley has every connection in the games industry imaginable. Every single one. Yeah, no, I, he... There can't be that many more people that are as much in the center of, like, needing 
to communicate with everyone. Like maybe I was going to say like maybe a Jason Trier has as many connections, but they're definitely not friendly connections. No. Um, I mean, so, Jeff Keighley's the showrunner for all these publicity events. I feel like every developer wants to know Jeff Keighley. Uh, not necessarily just like because like, oh, it's Jeff Keighley. I, I just they want to know him. It's more so, oh, having the opportunity to show our games at any of these events would be huge for anybody. So everybody wants to be at these stages versus Jason. Not everyone wants to talk to Jason because a headline from him. Exactly. Might not be good for them. It's just not objectively good for Jeff Keighley. There's only you only have something to gain from knowing uh, Mr. Jeff Keighley. Um, I mean it's it's important, and uh, I mean certainly impactful if you can be the one that hosts the party. Everyone wants to know the person that hosts the party, and that's that's Jeff for the games industry. Um. And it, it actually seemed like the last few years, maybe maybe people did not want to go to said party, but this has been the year that turned it around. Uh, some quick takes on Judas. I'm hopeful. In fact, I expect it to be a good game. But I said to you guys when we were watching it, it's like, oh, the creator of Bioshock leaves the series to go and go and really experiment with his own company so that he can make Bioshock again. Like, it I looks, don't know why we keep seeing this trend. It I looks exactly the it. same. At least with Callisto Protocol and Dead Space, I get that because Visceral gets shut down, Dead Space is put on ice. So if you want more Dead Space, you have to go make it yourself. I, at least I can relate to that. 2K was going to make more Bioshock games. Like... Bioshock Infinite is only a Bioshock game. Because I, I, what I'll get is Bioshock Infinite only has the t- title Bioshock because 2K kind of forced that on Ken Levine. Ken Levine says, screw this, I'm done, I'm leaving, I want to go do something else. But that just goes to make more Bioshock. Like, what was... Did he feel, like, limited or held back by well, having to tie into the world of Bioshock? Cause... He he did have a game come out about a blind person, and, like, you kind of have to move around the game by, like, making noise and just getting, like, this echolocation. But I don't think it was very well received. And I think it plays into a part of, like, okay, he tried doing something different multiple times, and this just wasn't working out. I don't know if it was multiple times. I can't say that for sure. Uh, but I imagine there's probably projects that were in pre-production that just never got off the ground. And he thought to himself, okay, I, I got to get back on the map here. Let's make something we know we can do, something we know no one else is even doing at this point. It's time for Judas, this Bioshock-like game, which is arguably Bioshock 4, just at first glance. Um. I'd never heard of that other game you're referring to, but I don't know. It just by the sounds of it, some echolocation being simulating being blind game. I mean, that seems pretty niche to me. Uh, I I shouted out Kojima, who we'll see. Well, we can even just jump to it right now. Who revealed Death Stranding two at the Game Awards and. One shout out to him for just being a weird motherfucker. I mean, this trailer was bonkers and I loved it. 
And when he left Metal Gear, he actually decided to make different games. Death Stranding is is not Metal Gear. I mean, there might be like a little bit of sneaking around, but beyond that, like there's there's basically no thread. Um, the only thread is like the voice of Kojima, which revolves around just doing some really weird shit in the games. Um, this is what I wish some of these game creators were doing more. I, I was hoping for something a little more off base from Ken Levine and a little more grand. It can this conversation could age badly. Judas could end up being a really great game, but um, Kojima is the model in my opinion. Uh, do you guys have any takes on Death Stranding too? For my originally little peek behind the curtain, I was going to flip a coin next year for my uh, new gaming resolution. It was either going to be Death Stranding director's cut or what I'm ultimately going to do which I will wait to reveal for a few more weeks whenever we announce our 2023 resolutions. Uh, what, you want me to tell you now? I mean, I'm, I'm curious. I assumed you were going to play Death Stranding Director's Cut already. I was going to flip a coin between Death Stranding or a franchise that we've talked about here and there, and it's uh, one that I've always put off, but always... I've 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 become a fan of in recent years. Okay. And it, it would be uh I'll be playing four games. This will be I'll do this quickly. Four games for my uh gaming resolution next year. Wow. Devil May it... Cry is oh. going to be entering my gaming portfolio. Only four? Devil May Cry one, three, four, and five. Not two. No. Is there a reason for that? Two is despised by the Devil May Cry community. It is a game that oddly takes itself very seriously, and the combat is very poorly done. Like, the rest of the franchise doesn't even acknowledge Devil May Cry 2. It actively acts like it didn't happen. Okay. Is it, Fair enough. That's, is it, yeah. I like that resolution. Yeah. Isn't that but the anyway. with the other main character? I forget his name. Nero? Nero. Is that Nero's game? No. Nero comes at four. Oh, uh, okay. Um, how did I get on this topic? Well, how, how did I get here? Did... Somehow we were talking about Death Stranding and then... Right, 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 right. But I am... De- after that trailer, it's like, I'm just going to play Death Stranding now. I'm going... I, I want to start my year. I want my first 2023 game to be uh, dr- uh, the director's cut in January. I have to play this game now. It's going to take me a long time, I know that, but it's... I need to now. It just, I have to. It, it seems rewarding to me. Uh, like, I'm sure it doesn't make the best first impression when you first start playing it, but it seems like if you stick with it, it'll be a good time. I, I think I there, think it's I'm going to play it next year. I'm going to play it in front of my roommate, and I'm sure there will be times where I have to look over and say, trust me, he's a genius. I know what they just said is fucking stupid. Hideo Kojima's never done anything wrong, though. Please. Um, I also feel like I know a lot of the story of Death Stranding, and um, it is stupid, but like, not everything Kojima does is smart, but everything he does is interesting. 
And I think and also that's sometimes something. the stupid accidentally becomes incredibly smart. Yes, so that's true. Um, went a little out of order here, but we can shout out Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I thought that had a good showing. Um, I'm a little more intrigued by that first game again. I I only gave it like maybe an hour, hour and a half the last time I tried it, but. If if I'm being honest, that's that's unfair for what the game is supposed to be. Like I never even got to a point of it truly opening up. Uh, I'm gonna skip a few here. Uh, actually, no, I'm I'm not gonna skip that many. Uh, shout out to Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League for the Kevin Conroy, um, memoriam there. Uh, I thought that was a nice little thing to do. Mm-hmm. I was a big I, fan I, of that. Yeah, I feel like the hands are tied. I feel like they made the trailer before he passed, and it's just like, okay, well, we can throw the thank you at the end, or we cannot. I I uh, go. I go the other way. I bet they didn't, and I bet. I think they might not have even wanted to reveal that Batman was in the game, and they decided, let's let's show that this is what is probably his final performance. Um, unless like uh, one of the animated things has something in the bank somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no. I mean, Jeff said that this is the last final recorded performance of him. So I, I take his word for it. To me, it's just like, hey, Suicide Squad, better be good. Yeah, you better do you. Yeah, you better do Kevin Justice. Yeah, no, I. uh I'm interested. Uh, it would be foolish not to assume that this will be better than Gotham Knights, seeing as it's from a better studio. Um, but it'll be interesting. I still don't really know what that game is. No uh, idea. I've seen so many trailers. It's like, what are we doing in this game? Someone yeah, tell me what I'm doing. Completely agree. Completely agree. All right. This w- next one is from Mark. Earthblade from the creators of Celeste. Tell me about oh, it. It's very cool right now. Uh, uh, just another game from that studio. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for, but it is seeming to be like a, a Metroidvania sort of thing versus a platformer, like strictly just a platformer, uh, which isn't a bad thing to me. It's not what Celeste was, but who, who is to say what it's going to be? And it's, it's since it is the same studio, uh, I, I trust them. Whatever it is they're going to put together, it looks very aesthetically the same as Celeste, so I feel like it won't be drastically i mean it'll be drastically different because it's a different genre but i think it'll uh have a, at least deliver on a certain level of quality that i i will just be there for day one uh, also composer lena rain has confirmed she's going to be working on this game too and that that excites me a lot too so uh, i'm happy to know what they're working on uh i don't think they put a 2023 release date on it or launch window on it at all uh that's that's all I'm looking for here at this point is they just gotta tell me a day, uh, and I'll be there to play the game. All right, um, I'm I'm also interested. Uh, I think with Celeste, they they earned the right to curiosity for their next game. Next notable one, Immortals of Avium Avium earns the award for worst name of the show. Um. It was just some like first person magic type game. None of us knew what was going on there. We just knew it had a bad name. Tekken eight. Peter, are you a Tekken guy at all? I know you like fighting games. Nah, I respect Tekken and I bet I've 
there are multiple fighting games that I don't play, but I do enjoy watching them every now and again. I've just Tekken's never been one of them. I love music from Tekken. Big Tekken music guy. But uh, other than that, no, I don't pay much attention to the franchise. Well, actually, I forgot that we had Tekken 7's biggest fan on there. True. Uh, it was a big trailer. Looking like it's going to be a Jin story this time. And I'm excited to see them kind of push that. Because Tekken 7, not really a Jin game. It was more of a Akazia and Hayachi kind of thing. So uh, it's going to be exciting going into this one. Could time you... Re-entering the real world, could you see yourself like staying in this on a sale window? Uh, well, as our local Tekken lore master, uh, I could I could see that happening. Maybe I could maybe uh, be uh, interested in that possibility. But uh, I can promise you that at day one, the game will very much have my attention. Nightingale, uh, but that's Nightingale. That's that's a game I really want to talk about because I'm I'm super pumped for that one, uh, because I think it's a very cool, neat uh, survival crafting kind of game. Being able to jump between a bunch of different realms, like the pitch for this game, has always been kind of interesting. I don't know if I need to see soup uh, too much more of it. I just need to hear uh, that it's going to have the depth that I think that the pitch kind of is promising right now. I don't think you guys are. That's something on your guys' radar, but it is definitely something I'm paying attention to. It's a little bit on mine. Um, it's well documented how we had our our Valheim crew, uh, mm-hmm. and you know these these survival games they they can just get you sometimes. Um, it looked interesting. I thought mm-hmm. the uh, the art style was kind of cool. I thought all of the characters looked like they're from Fallout Four for some reason, which is not not a positive nor a negative really mm-hmm. um but yeah i i assume you'll be playing this game with other people which will lead me to not play it but uh i mean i mean that's what happened with Valheim. i played with another group we did everything and then i opened or extended an invitation because i wanted to play more of it and we had at least one expert at all times because i feel like even when I'm playing these games, there's usually we have one guy in the team. He's the big crafter. Someone else is getting resources. Someone else is just focusing on other stuff. We kind of all play our roles. Uh, and just one person is just definitely like the most knowledgeable on everything. Uh, and if I were to do that again in Nightingale, if I like the game enough, like I, I would happily play that role again. If the game is as cool as we want it to be, of course. All right, we are going to skip ahead here. Some of them, I'll, I'll give shout outs. Um, I mean, Baldur's Gate 3 looked, I mean, it looked like it's probably good. I know everyone likes those games. Wayfinder, I believe, was the, like, being helped by the, oh my God, what's the name of the game? Warframe people. Uh, mm, not very interested in that. Diablo 4 had Halsey, but. Ultimately, their showing was not very interesting. Um, Blue Protocol, I hardly remember that game. I don't remember if this was on the pre-show or not, but Viewfinder was a really cool puzzle game that's on my radar. Viewfinder, yes. Uh, that was pre-show. And I've seen that game on TikTok. Like, I saw it there years ago. Um, and uh, I think it's pretty interesting. It's all about, like, perspective, and you, you create the way by finding 
like a different angle to look at something that will create the way for you uh, to understand what I'm saying. Just look up the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Remnant two. Now, Mark, this one got a little bit of excitement from you. This is what I didn't realize about it. it this is the sequel to Remnant from the Ashes, which is yeah. a game that I recognize the name of. I did not think that Remnant from the Ashes was the beginning of the Remnant uh, franchise. That's why I was thrown off. Um, okay. Well, I, I just kind of thought it would be like Remnant from the Ashes too. Like the, is there a colon uh, somewhere? I, I I believe there is. I mean, it's kind of like Horizon Zero Dawn versus Horizon Forbidden West. Like you get the first one, you don't know where it's going to be. But everyone, I feel like, just knew it as Remnant. There is point. a colon. I did not know it as Remnant though. So I guess that's my bad. Uh, you excited for this one? I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I never really played like the main campaign too much for it. Uh, but there was always like this side mode uh, that was kind of roguelike-esque where you're kind of like going through with you because a group of people getting a currency, like you're getting loot, you're getting different perks along the way, fighting like really tough bosses, like turning encounters from the main game into a roguelike. And I played that a lot with a, a group of friends. And maybe this time around I'd go deeper into that. Uh, but it, that was a really cool game. I feel like Remnant from the Ashes was under a lot of people's radar. Uh, people slept on that one. Next, we have Transformers Reactivate. And uh, the only thing we said about this while watching it is that the developer splash damage sounded familiar. Peter, the reason it sounded familiar is because they worked on Gears Tactics. That does make sense. Again, Gears Tactics, fantastic game that was its Duh, am I gone again? What's happening here? Can anyone hear me? Hello. Hello. Okay, I'm back. Hello. I'm back. So, last we heard, Gears Tactics was a fantastic. That That's when I cut off. Mark, did you hear me? I heard you just fine, Peter. My, my internet flat out disconnected. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm back, though. I'm back in a well, big we, way. We do have Peter's Audacity recording still, so that, that, that should still be intact. But Peter was just saying uh, side missions. Uh, were so difficult then they were mandatory that he could not finish the game Alrighty, that works for me um i'll try and cut this up better in post but uh banishers ghost of new eden uh we shouted out banishers is at least a unique enough name so it doesn't fully get like the worst name award this is a don't nod action rpg kind of interesting it looked it looked cool Mm-hmm. Just because Don't Nod's name is on the project, uh, I'm curious to see what it'll be because I like the stories they told before. But uh, I never tried Vampire, Vampire, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, but it, it is them. I like what they've done before. If if this game is received well, I would probably check it out. 
All right, Warhammer 40k Space Marine 2. I know that there there's like a cult following for the Space Marine games. Um but uh I don't know. It looked fine, I guess. I didn't really pay much attention to be honest. Meet Your Maker looked like it was a No Man's Sky game. Uh did this stand out to any of you guys? No, I I have no way trying to be mean. I forgot that game was even shown off until you just said it just now. Not really. Not stand out is what I mean, but uh, I feel like for a, a crafting survival kind of game, like it really has to kind of grab my attention in more ways than one. Just from the, the premise of a game like that, uh, I could be playing one of a dozen of them. I feel like it's got to grip me on something really cool. Whereas like Nightingale definitely sells me on something. Uh, and even Remnant. No, Remnant's not a crafting game. What am I talking about? But Nightingale, uh, I feel like in Valheim even, those two games are games where it's like, okay, these these are different because Valheim, there's so much more crafting. There's so much more of exploration to it. The enemies are kind of more interesting. Uh, uh, I guess both are also fantasy versus sci-fi, or I guess I definitely lean in one direction or the other, but... Uh, I don't want to say it's at any fault of like where I think the game looks bad, but it just is not something that uh, I would want in a crafting game. Fair enough. Uh, the Lords of the Fallen, not to be confused with Lords of the Fallen. Uh, this looks like a straight ripoff of Dark Souls. Um, maybe they could do something interesting with it, but I mean, aesthetically, it looked borderline identical. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the the first game has uh, more so middling reception. Maybe maybe their second go at it with basically the same title could do them good. Crime Boss, Rock Hay City. We got Michael Madsen on stage, famous for many Tarantino movies. This game, I don't know anything about it. I think it's PC only, and there's a lot of famous actors in it. That's really the only thing that they showcased. I, I look forward to hearing people talk about this game because it seems like a an interesting thing that's being made. Not something I want to play, but I, I'm, I'm curious what, what the product's going to look like, if it's going to be a mess or if it's actually going to be something people are interested in. I feel like... Uh, the, at least uh, some memes will come out of it. Having all these high-profile actors just in one place at one time in a game where it is not something these actors really have done before. Uh, depending on how how it is put together, I could see some uh some goofiness there coming together. Um, I agree. Next, we have the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven DLC. Nothing really to say except for the fact that Idris Elba's in it. Uh, Peter, you like Idris, don't you? Yeah, so I do. I think he's a great actor, and I uh, was talking to you two about this uh, last night. I think as the years go on, we're going to start seeing more and more actors come over to the games industry because, as you found out when you found when you looked up just how many people watched the Game Awards, uh, in twenty twenty one alone. Everyone, the eyes, the attention span is moving over to the games industry. Film, movies, you know, it's becoming old news. It's becoming, you know, just 
not like, you know, outdated. I don't want to go that far, but all eyes are on the games industry. And I feel like a lot of actors who've already found a lot of success in the, in the films industry are going to start looking for elsewhere. They want to be challenged in new ways in their careers. And what better way to do that than to have a, than to wear a suit with a bunch of balls over you and still try to act like you're fucking working on an Oscar film. Um, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, then we have the final, not the final reveal. I don't know why this list just kind of stopped on me. Um, we had Armored Core 6 from from Software. Um, I mean, this is a big get. Are we sure Armored Core... Armored Core works in that, like... It's not what From Software is known for. There is obviously a core fan base of Armored Core. But are a lot of people going to jump into 6 and be pretty thrown off yes. by what it is? Yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, of course, we'll need to see gameplay to see where they go from here. But uh, earlier today, I did a little bit of digging into Armored Core, like as a series and what people kind of have thought of it and like what what turns people off about it and what people liked about it. And the first three games are like super janky, uh, but very high speed, very difficult, extremely customizable mechs where every slight customization really does matter. Uh, whether it is just like the weapons you're putting on your mech, certain armor types, certain like movements, abilities, whether it's like legs or just like kind of think like you're putting wheels on it, just the every slight thing matters. And then also just like the damage you take in the upkeep, you also have to like repair your equipment. Like it is a lot of maintenance. It is a lot uh, of, or where the, where the difficulty is concerned, it isn't so much that the fight is always super hard, but like, controlling the mech can just be difficult or like it, the barrier of entry for a while was just it is difficult to play people were having to play this game with a claw grip because it almost required three thumbs necessarily to, to really move the mech in an efficient way and four and five also had a bit of a different identity where they kind of tried to streamline it a bit more but even then uh still that barrier of entry was there where where i feel like if we're going to compare it to the souls game where it is kind of slower and methodical the way you're kind of hunting down a boss uh it seems like armor core is more uh you are trying to be in full control of your mech and just be in someone's face flying around uh and just landing all your shots like it it, it seems difficult in a very different way mm-hmm. but there's just much more to control and much more to understand going into a fight a lot of uh, systems to it but i i don't think it's going to be that because i think from soft is going to understand like oh we're we do want to appeal to a lot more people but we still uh, are they still uh, are going to double down on certain features that they they truly believe in because they're not ones to back down from their design philosophy Shinobi tweeted out earlier that the director behind Armor Core 6 is the guy who directed Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Okay. So I do think, I expect that they're just going to be like, hey, everyone, remember Armor Core 1 through 5? Well, 6 isn't really going to be like that. Because Armored Core, I mean, they've made 5 Armored Core. They clearly, it's a franchise that is near and dear to the core team. But that Armored Core is also not the you know the franchise mm-hmm. that's bringing them all the you know putting all the bread on the table. Like if you I imagine Wikipedia. they could easily go, okay, we're gonna do a bit of A and a bit of B. We're gonna have yeah. a lot of 
core armored core gameplay mechanics, but with a a now usual FromSoft twist to it. Do we actually believe this game comes out next year? Was it given a 2023 date? Yes, it was. Yes. Um. Yeah, why not? Seems like they're able to. Uh, How the fuck were they able to put that? But like to work on Elden Ring and a new Armored Core at the same time, like how the fuck did you do that? I don't remember what year uh, Dark Souls Three came out, but Sekiro was twenty nineteen. Elden Ring just three years after that. Dark Souls came out twenty six, or Dark Souls Three I think came out twenty sixteen. Was it twenty sixteen? Dang, which is crazy right. because Bloodborne came out in twenty fifteen. So I guess this isn't a new thing for them to do all. Yeah, I guess I they've definitely got multiple teams in there if they're putting out two games uh two years in a row. So it's it's not impossible. They've definitely got uh the history of putting stuff out there. So it, God, I really I'm not counting on it though. Right now. If wait, what's that, Peter? I said God, they really are like one of the best developers right now. Absolutely. They're definitely some of the top of the game. I mean, I feel like of of the past decade, like the games they're putting out are inspiring so many others. Like the the whole the Dark Souls of comparison is because so many uh, developers and even just fans of their games are just so in love with what they've done. They've they've changed the game and people are always paying attention to what they're doing there. They are trendsetters. Uh, I don't think it's going to come out next year, though. I think it'll probably bleed into 24 or 2024, if not. A late 2023 game well i guess it all hinges on if the sekiru team is a second team because if it, if it's separate then i think there's a pretty good chance it comes out mm-hmm. um, but also like what i don't think it hurts them at all to delay it to 2024 i mean people are still running the high that is elden ring not everyone but that game is still continues to sell there are new especially after the game awards there are going to be a lot of new people who see oh this is people consider this to be the best game that i have to try it i think they could honestly yeah, I, I think they could ride Elden ring for another year i don't think they need to immediately put out this next game i mean i think you're right but i'm i'm more so predicting based on like if i think the game will be done because I think I think that's when they'll release it. Um, but I don't know. It uh, doesn't really matter that much, I guess. Last game that I remember seeing was Final Fantasy 16. Another good trailer, I think. Uh, this game I just think looks really cool, um, and I find the Final Fantasy 14 team to be pretty interesting. And I think uh, anticipation for this game is is at a high level right now. The music continues to be fantastic in all of these FF16 trailers. And at least for me, this game looks so much more appealing than FF15 does. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I don't even think that's a question. Uh, Mark, any FF16 takes? I'm more interested in 15 than I am 16, not going to lie. Uh, at this point in its development. I, I liked the premise a lot more of what 15 could have been. 15 did not stick the landing in my mind, but uh, as far as like the story looked like it was going to tell, I'm just not as invested in this one. I don't think... Uh, like, like There's nothing about any of the characters, I think, other than like design-wise, that I think is really cool. I don't know if the world 
I'm as invested in Did the in boy either. band aesthetic of F15 catch you? I mean, I liked that they were just like kind of friends and they were on this like road trip together going out here, like on this one last road trip. And I thought that could have been very cool. See, when I was playing it, I did like that idea, but then I, I, I kind of wish they weren't like related to like a royal family and all that shit, you know? Well, if you watched the anime that they helped, I did uh, actually. Oh, you did, and you didn't. You still yes. didn't feel Cause like I, because remember, I got FF15. I was like, I'm gonna play this whole game. I'm gonna get really into it. I want to have the right experience. So I watched the anime. Did you watch the movie also? Yes, I did, and boy, was it not good. It wasn't that great. Yeah. You what? You got like fucking Aaron Paul and Lena Headley and so and. And, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ned Stark. Wait, the, uh, Sean Bean. Sean Bean. It's yeah. They have this like, like oh, a you got, like, real of... like live action movie for FF15. No, it was it, it, it was, it was, was... It was animated. Oh, yeah, it was okay. Okay. And you have these amazing actors and actresses, and it's like this film sucks ass as everything you're saying is gibberish it's really awfully paced it's got like again i i did i watched all the shit i was going to then it's like oh for 15 i love how this grand adventure starts with a bunch of like four friends pushing a car down a road in the middle of bumfuck nowhere on the way to their best friend's wedding what and great 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 and then as soon as the shit starts hitting the fan early on the story, I don't know why, that's when I start getting uninterested in it. I'd rather it just be this group of friends on their way to their wedding in this world, like in this greater world that they barely understand, as opposed to like one of them just being like, oh, he's a son of a royal, he's a royalty man, oh, he's king and all this shit. It's like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't like that. I'd rather they be outside of it just, you know, I don't want them to be a part of the like the center of everything or part of like the greater thing. I'd rather they just be regular people who get swept up in it. I think that's fair. Uh, I think FF sixteen looks great. Um, I definitely plan on Owen. It. If oh no 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 Owen, I I I just I need to say this. I need to say this. I rather you just be like I don't care what you just had to say. I don't care. Like I just I I don't I don't like these little. These little attempts you do of just dragging the podcast going. Just be like, that was a dumb thing to say, and I wish you hadn't said that. No, I, di- I didn't think what you said was dumb at all. I mean, I, I, I didn't I'm on have... <laughs> I, no, no, I'm on to you. I'm no. on to you. you. I read you like a fucking open book. You think I'm a blind man, but I've been lying to you all these years, and I see you for what you are. No. You're a snake. Owen. This, is, this is ridiculous, and I won't accept this. I thought the point you made was very good actually no Guess you didn't what? no no, no i didn't. did i don't believe you i don't think that, you did that doesn't mean i have something to say about it i didn't i didn't play ff15 um i also don't want to so, spoil it because i know we have an active listener who's been avoiding final fantasy 15 spoilers for a long long time now i would hate for it to be on this pod well either way I was just trying to move on to the next point because that's what a podcast host has to do. But I, instead, but I don't I've been like accosted. the way you did it, though. It's like, yeah, okay. Like you're talking down to me like I'm giving you a fucking piece of paper like to put I, on the fridge. 
I you know, that's I that's the energy I got from well, it. Well, I'll work I, on being a little more graceful with it, okay? I want you to appreciate me. I want you to be thankful that I'm here on this podcast with you. That's and, how I want to feel. And to think, I was about to move this podcast on yeah. to the clip from the Mario movie. Well, oh my God, guys, can we talk about the Mario movie? I've been saying it. It's it's going to be a great movie. The Chris Pratt scenes will be kind of rough just hearing him talk. But looking at this movie and listening to this movie is going to be uh, out of this world for Mario fans. I guess other people will like it too. But the Mario fans are going to be in this movie. Well, Peter, are you going to say anything on it? Well, I th- okay. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm not good enough, Owen. I'm so fucking sorry. It's just there's nothing I can do that's right. <laughs> um, I think it looks great. Uh, I don't always. I was about to uh, kind of have an anti-illumination take, and then I realized, like, have I ever seen any of their movies fully? Yeah, I get the I minion so. sucks, but you're projecting, Owen. I yeah, mean, no, again, I'm, I'm absolutely projecting. You're right. Every every inch of that scene like every there are so many little background details to all the little shops all the mario characters all the sounds all the items like every inch or like every second of footage that we saw there was so much love and creativity and passion poured into it that like that music itself is just like it that music feels like being brought back to life. Like it's just it, it just it's magic. It it feels it was just it was pure serotonin. It was like why I love Mario. Oh my god! I'm sure the story is gonna be the most basic nothing or like just the most generic thing we've ever seen, but the icing on that cake is going to be the best fucking icing you've ever goddamn had. Yeah, I mean, the music is the number one takeaway from this. Uh, that's just a taste of it, and I can only imagine what the whole movie is going to be like. Um, I can't wait, and I really hope that this movie soundtrack is allowed to go on Spotify. Uh, oh, please. Fucking please. Yes. Um... But uh, the only, I guess, hang-up I have, but it really all just depends on execution, is I'm not sure I'm totally sold on the fact that this is like a stranger in a strange land story. Like, this is all brand new to Mario. Mario doesn't know how a pipe works. Um, well, it's like a magic pipe. He doesn't... He, he looks yeah, into it. He's like trying to like get a professional glance of how it works on the inside, but it sucks him up. I don't think... Yeah, yeah, this mark, this jackass acting like he'd walk into the Mushroom Kingdom and immediately just know immediately no, what no, to no. do. No, I'm not. I'm not saying if this happened to me in real life that I I would be prepared. I'm saying that I'm not sure if I'm okay with Mario not being prepared. Um, because it it, it is a again, is this an isekai? Is that what this is? There you go. He did nothing. I would say, yeah, that's the word. It technically could be considered that I would say it's an isekai. I just don't want to say it's an isekai because I don't like isekais. Well, exactly. I'm I'm not sure how much I love them either. I liked it in uh, 
Pokemon Legends Arceus. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I, it, really, if I'm going to the Mario movie, I'm I'm not going there for narrative. Uh, so I'm sure it'll be fun. I I am going to try because when I saw Sonic Two earlier this year, unsurprisingly, at least, well, it was surprising until I thought for more than a second that there were many kids in the theater with me when I went to see Sonic Two, and I thought to myself. Oh yeah, I'm the weird one for being here. <laughs> and I have to make sure sh- I need to go either at the ass crack of dawn or like ten thirty at night. I can't I don't want to be there with other kids. Well we should all I go just, together. I, I feel inferior for being there. I feel like, oh oh I'm so fu- I'm weird. I'm a weird man. I think oh, we I'm should planning- all go to the Mario movie. I'm planning on driving down to Pittsburgh to go see this movie with a friend. Oh, right. You mentioned this. Mm-hmm. Right. So I will not be able to go. But I, I'm still kind of well, hoping for... What if you see it twice? Huh? I, would, I probably would be fine with seeing it twice. Like, I I don't think I'm going to dislike it enough or I wouldn't want to do that. So I would absolutely see it again. Especially, like, if I want to go watch it again to scrub through it to see more stuff I missed. Because... It's going to be packed with references all over the place. This is the kind of movie you'd want to watch twice. I will want to watch twice. All right. It's time to move into some awards. Not going to hit on every award here. Uh, In the pre-show, though, we have to mention that the 2022 League of Legends World Championship won Best Esports event. As we all predicted. We did predict that was going to happen. So go us. We understand what we're talking about here. Um. Uh, so some of the pre-show stuff was a little cringy. Gotta point that out. Um, all uh, I believe her name is Sydney Goodman, the the host. Um, uh, all she had to not do was whenever they would cut back to her, there would just be like some like some response that was some combination of trying to be funny slash cute, and it was only cringy. If that was cut, this would have been a perfectly fine pre-show. Um, but that was also clearly rehearsed, maybe even written for her. So I, I just thought that was that was the only real miss here. We get into the actual show, though. For the first game award, we got the legend. Al Pacino comes out. In classic game awards fashion, we have a celebrity who, who frankly just has nothing to do with the industry and there's a lot of noteworthy things here one El Pacino looking very old uh he definitely did not want to be standing up there as long as he that long (laughs) (laughs) Christopher Judge made him stand for like eight minutes um but he comes out and he starts talking about like first off he says like "Eh, it's like kind of a strange place for me to be and you know as i just constantly surprised myself by doing by doing new things like this (laughs) that that was his introduction to this and then he couldn't read the teleprompter and this was not an issue for only al pacino there there were definitely some other people coming up on stage and and you could see them squinting so they gotta they gotta make the text a little larger next year or something Somehow get the teleprompters closer, maybe. Uh, and then this was all as an introduction to best performance. Christopher Judge ends up winning this award for best performance. 
and then proceeds to give the worst speech in award show history. This was embarrassing. It was what what should have been really touching. Like we all we all like Christopher Judge. We like him as Kratos. Um real like impactful role, I would say. And like I, I don't think there's anyone in the building and none of us were mad that he won. He gets up there. Well, well. well. Okay, no, we we're man no, engaged, Mark, guys. You play no, you've beaten the game. He deserves it. You shut the fuck up. I can I can be I, upset for who didn't win, but don't you dare act like he doesn't he didn't give one of the best performances I'm, you've ever seen in a fucking video game. I'm not here to say he wasn't qualified, but I am here to say and I said it when we were doing our predictions, there was only one award. I would be upset. Like be visibly upset if this person didn't win. Man Gage did not win best performance, so I'm I'm still upset about that. Okay, I that, still think that's fine. That's fine, but I think I think Christopher Judge's Kratos was deserving. But I mean, Man Gage would have given a better speech. My God, this was that, that is undeniable. That, this was, that cannot be that cannot be proven unproven. A meandering speech from Christopher Judge, where he seemingly proceeded to list every person in his life every person involved with the game. And then if it was warranted, he would then tell a story about said person and eight minutes on an award show stage feels like eight years. You better be announcing like the cure to cancer while you're up there. Like you better have the greatest news. If you're talking for eight minutes, you better as well as for like everyone in this, everyone here, let's get a million dollars. And here's why it's like, just, the best of news. If not, get off. We can't even really fully address the contents of his speech to say if if he included anything even remotely impactful because we were freaking I mean, out. We were freaking out. Uh, Peter, you you were going in and out of the room. You like couldn't even watch it because um, I couldn't. I couldn't believe he was still. And it was these long pauses. I would think, oh, he's getting emotional. And then he wasn't. He just started talking about the next fucking thing that came to his mind. It's like, again, Christopher Judge. Kratos is not one of my favorite characters in gaming. It's one of the best performances I've ever seen. I think so highly of your performance. Why are you doing this? Why are you making people slowly turn on you? I don't understand why you're doing this. It's just, it's... Just, I don't know, man. I, uh... It's the artsy people. It's the artsy people. It's the artsy people. I did say this, though. The only thing that could have made me angrier is if this was Troy Baker giving an eight-minute <laughs> performance. Because at the very least, at the very, very, very least, Christopher Judge has never won an award before. So it's like, it's his first one that does not that does not excuse anything, but it retains some, like, anxiety going up. There was no wrath on my part. If it had been Troy Baker going for eight minutes, there would have been wrath. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Uh, well, the reason I was... got my two-year-old son $900 shoes is very, <laughs> very complicated. Let me tell you. Did you guys see uh, he went on to tweet afterwards that he wasn't done? He had more people to thank afterwards, specifically his wife, which I understand. Oh, my but... God. He, he didn't even get to his wife in that time. Yeah. Um, he's just like i wasn't done they made me stop i'm like oh they made no you stop fuck huh? they made you stop yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm getting at this show also we have a 
my god. I mean, talk about damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, Keeley got killed last year for like playing off Joseph Ferris after like 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> so it was clearly a, a concerted effort to not do that to people. And then they eventually they had to do it to people later on in the show because of this fucking speech. Yeah, Doug Bowser got played off for Kirby. I couldn't believe it. it. Which which was also like one of the most concise speeches of the night. Like mm-hmm. he was up there for like forty five <laughs> seconds. Uh, it um, wasn't for Kirby. It was for Bayonetta. That's right. Bayonetta. That's right. You're correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. This this was this is really tough. <laughs> um, did you, I'm. Did you guys in hindsight, though, I'm glad it that? happened. Uh, what uh, were you saying, Mark? The Steam Deck giveaway thing. How was that working? Like people were cracking jokes about him giving away Steam Decks. I saw a tweet saying the amount of Steam Decks they were able to give away during just Christopher Judge's speak, speech alone was worth like over seven thousand dollars of Steam Decks. Well, it was out. a giveaway every minute, which I wish I knew about. Like I would have signed up for that. Um, mm-hmm. that that's a lot of Steam Decks. It is a lot of Steam Decks. I would have loved to have shot, taken a shot at that. I didn't. I'm guessing they talked about that during the pre-show at some point, and I completely missed it. No, but... I, I completely missed it, too. Maybe it was talked about in the pre-show. But, um, yeah, yeah I've, I've long had the take on the Steam Deck of if if someone just granted me one, I would be happy about it. But I'm, I'm never going to buy one. Um, all right, that's enough on Christopher Judge. Shout out the best debut indie stray partly funded by playstation um is there another stray award stray also won best independent game so let's do the stray section right now mark uh would this coincide with a a what you've been playing do you want to just have have your stray moment right now yeah, sure. I've played Stray, and I just want to, before I even get into that, just how I was able to play Stray. I, I, how, If I were to tell you guys, I was able to play Stray for the price of 33 cents, how would that sound to you guys? It would sound like you signed up for some sort of week of a subscription, maybe? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. If it turns out I upgraded. Mark, my... I mean, Gloria. I'm sorry. What kind of creative answers are you expecting? From <laughs> I just, I just I... didn't think. I, I blew my mind at the possibility that I could just sign. I could upgrade my subscription uh, while I had two days left of PS Plus, and I just calculated the worth there for 33 cents, and I thought that's insane that I could just do this. I could just get the service. I could play a bunch of games in that time. And then just cancel it, which I did. Like I just did not get the full upgrade. I just paid thirty three cents to play Stray and dipped my toes into a couple other games that I'm not really going to talk about. But I played all of Stray. Not the biggest fan of this game overall. Uh, I I still don't really understand what the hype was for this game, other than you play as a cat. Like the world is kind of cool. Like my favorite parts of this game are just like when the game kind of lets you go into like a small hub of the city and you can kind of like climb around on a bunch of stuff find some stuff there's one area that's really big on extra collectible stuff and a couple of small puzzles in it and i thought that was fun but the story and the characters are not what i was here for i like even as like the there's like a mystery of like why this world exists the way that it is there's only these robots in this town uh that in this town you can't even see the sky like it's just this locked contained area like what happened here 
and as the mysteries kind of like unraveled, I just didn't think they were they were an interesting way that they were like raveled up that uh the way that it kind of comes together at the end like it just it was not a fun ride in that way um just kind of looking at things and moving around as a cat and kind of approaching uh the world and the puzzles from like a cat perspective of what a cat could possibly do to solve the puzzles is like okay that's kind of fun but uh uh, like I, I'm, I'm absolutely biased against this game because of all the nominations it got. Like I, I was holding it and to a some awards and some awards that it won. Uh, just I, I, I'm, I'm just a little upset uh, with Stray that it, it went so hard at the Keeleys when I think it is just people were happy to to see a cat and it, it was a leading role, which is. Uh, to me, a novelty, I guess. But some people like their cat game. Well, I can't take that from them. I um, I think your opinion lines up with what I have assumed my opinion would be of this game. Um, and part of me is almost relieved to hear that there isn't some like special X factor that I wasn't considering because I, I don't want to play the game, but if there was a special X factor, then I would have. Um, I liked the game enough. And here's what I know. I liked the game enough. So did most people. It's not an offensive game. It's not the best game ever. Did it serve the game of the year? Not, no, not at all. Am I pissed off that it was there? No. Again, it's just another example of you two going like, it's just a cat? That's all that the people need? Yes. Yes, it is. Because life is hell, and people see a cat, and they go, ooh, and you guys are like, no. It needs to be more than that. Well, and it, sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be, but if we're going to act like it was some special game, then I think it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but we don't. Uh, you know, it's like to, for a lot of people, that's special. For a lot of people, that's enough. That's their form of special. And that's cool. I'm not saying like this game shouldn't have existed, that this game is objectively bad, but I don't think it is nominated in most categories at the Game Awards kind of good. And that's the part where I, I, I've i struck an accord with it. I don't, again, I've also played it and beat it. I don't think so either, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not offended that it's there like you seem to be. And I'm not like well, trying to like throw that on you or like place that title on you, but well, just I think, I think Mark would does. take the title. I'm, I'm yeah. wearing it right now, Peter. Okay. Um, but you see like Stray nominated for best indie game, right? There's so many games that could have been nominated in the best indie category this year. There were a lot of really cool indies. Immortality, not nominated for best independent game. A game that I think is objectively better. Yeah, very bizarre. Very, very bizarre. I, I would even go on to say Tunic, a game I haven't played. I'd say it's better than Stray. I don't know a lot of that stuff. I've talked a lot of, uh, not bad things, but I've said top-down Zelda games. I'm not really a fan of those games, but I think it's better than Stray already, just from what I know about it. Tunic was nominated at the very least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just really, I'm. I I would trust my my gut right there to say that. Uh, but uh, Tunic didn't win best independent game, and like I said before, Immortality not even nominated. So I'm a little upset about that. There's a lot of reasons to be upset with Stray right now. Um, I think people should really, with with other awards that are coming, like other award shows, other outlets, 
uh, reconsider Stray Guys. Like, let's learn something from this. Let's let this be an educational moment uh, where we can self- Fuck you, Mark. I act like you're smarter than everyone because you're not liking the cat as much. I'm not saying I'm smarter than these people for, for, for having this kind of take. All I'm saying is maybe Stray's not that cool. You know, maybe there's not this high, high acc- accolade that we are. Uh, saying that it is. here's all I'll say Kendra Bridges Spirits kicks the shit out of Stray, completely uh, different games, amen. But I, they're amen. both similar to that in my mind of like quote unquote indie games that PlayStation just planted the money funnel into. I wish Kenna got the love that Stray. I mean, a lot of people liked Kenna, you know, it, it showed up on a lot of like game of the year lists for people, it never won anything, obviously, but it did get a lot of recognition. I just wish it got the level of recognition and love that Stray did because my god. It deserves it. All right. Uh, we've heard Peter talk about Arcane before, but this is your moment and one best adaptation. Uh, give us 15 seconds about how happy you are. Oh, it's, I'm ecstatic about it. I'm so happy. I can't wait for season two. I hope to God that this gets even more people to watch it who already did because it got uh, a lot of people watched it when it came out last year. The it is the, currently the best video. Well, it's not like a direct adaptation because it's its own. It's a unique story, or original story. But it is the best video game focused movie or show that has come out. And there, I know there are several other great shows. I've like Castlevania. I love Castlevania. I'm going to watch Cyberpunk and Drudders. I've heard great things about it. But Arcade is ten out of ten. It is the peak. It is number one. It is what you should be comparing yourself to and striving toward if you're going to try to make a animated show based off a video game. It is perfection. All right. Um, we are moving on. Now, I don't, I don't know if I want to c- continue going straight down the line of awards because we can give some like shout outs afterwards, but I think at this point we should just kind of talk about Ludwig as content creator of the year. He beat out Nibel. Me and Peter feel validated. Um, that was, that was a conscious misdirection there because what I actually think we should just talk about is God of War versus Elden Ring. Cause that was the story of the night. God of War walked away with best narrative, innovation and accessibility, best audio design, and best score and music, and best action adventure game. Whereas Elden Ring walked away with best art direction, best RPG, best direction, and game of the year. Do you guys think this shook out the way the way it ought to have shaken out because i do i i think this is exactly how it should have gone god of war should have gotten plenty of acknowledgement but elden ring should have come out on top in the end and that's what happened so i found myself pretty satisfied with the end of the night Mm -hmm. i I, there's a couple categories i wish maybe kind of went a different way we talked about best performance uh for god of war uh the only other one I think I feel very strongly about is the score, best score, where if I had to pick between two games, I would pick God of War and I would pick Xenoblade. Uh, there's definitely some bias there, but I truly do think the score in Xenoblade has been long overdue for some recognition, and Threes is no no uh, exception here. 
I think that was the time where uh, something that wasn't God of War and Elden Ring really kind of stood up to the, the competition in a fierce way, but God of War still took it, so that's that's the one where I feel like I would disagree, but other than that, uh, this was this was the year of God of War and Elden Ring. I don't know if you guys feel like there's some sort of recency bias at all because God of War had just come out, but I do think... I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't really either. I saw some people kind of like throwing shade at God of War because it was a game that just came out a month ago and that's why it swept so many but I I do disagree with that I, I do think there's a lot of merits for God of War winning all these things it's it is very uh it does do a lot of the right things uh, in the categories it's nominated for it has a lot of really strong parts about it but I do think in a way it is kind of still samey to the God of War that came before it just a better version of that Mark uh, I would argue that God of War Ragnarok is like top two top three games that PlayStation is made in their current era of like over the shoulder third person narrative focused games. I I think so too. I I, I don't know if I Ragnarok like Ragnarok and Last of Us Part One are like they're the best of the best in this current version of uh, Sony games. I definitely agree. I, uh, uh, I I was thinking to myself of whether I like Last of Us or Ragnarok more, and I don't know at this point. Um, I haven't finished Ragnarok. Uh. But I I was weirdly thinking about this topic in my car earlier because I was trying to think against those games, where would I rank Returnal? And weirdly, because I'm a weirdo, I think I might rank Returnal number one. But uh, yeah, that's just a little side note there. Weird that I was thinking (laughs) about that and it came up on the podcast today. Um, I mean, mean, and for my, I know Mark will fucking scream. And I won't even say one... I mean, I Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank ripped apart. Okay. Like I know, I know, I know. You're gonna go like that, but uh, it's up there for me too. Right? Like how you're with Returnal, that's how I am with Ratchet. I, I, I'm not saying Ratchet's above God of War, but goddamn, do I fucking adore Ratchet and Clank still? But anyway. Um. Yeah, I think uh, we're we're at the end of the Game Awards talk here. Um. I was shocked. Shout out to see. I was shocked to see best action game go to Bayonetta three. Um, best strategy and sim going to fucking Sparks of Hope. That's right. I'm happy that game got some recognition. Why was fantastic game? More people need to play it. Why wasn't Triangle Strategy nominated for best strategy? Because Mario and Rabbids is better. I'm talking about nominated. I'm not even it saying was nominated for best Mark- RPG, wasn't it? It was, but not best strategy. Or I feel like, sure, it's an RPG, but it's definitely. It probably should have been in best strategy, but um, I I don't think Weird he could thing. have had it but in I think both it was... categories. Um, I don't know. I don't see why not. It's this is the Keeleys. The lines are blurred. Call of Duty can get nominated for a bunch of categories. Why can't Triangle Strategy? When strategy is literally in the name. Um. Mark, you specifically, but Peter, you might have stuff to add to this at this point. Um, you can do a couple minutes on on player's voice going to Genshin Impact. So there's a whole backstory here. There there was a whole war going on, a week building up to the Game Awards of just the Sonic fandom and the Genshin Impact fans just uh, kind of rallying behind their games at promises of 
things that would come after the Game Awards if their fandoms won were the Sonic. Sonic fans also are just trying to prove a point with Sonic Frontiers that it was a better game than people were giving it credit for because they are they are so so thrilled that a good Sonic game has come out when some people would still think or say it is not a good game. When I think it is fine for what I've played of it, but I saw the mindset of people saying like, if Sonic Frontiers can win the Players Vote Award, maybe. Sega will see this like, oh, my God, the fans like really did like this game. They'll give a bigger budget for the next Sonic game. Oh, let's believe in that. Let's rally there. Like, that's not how that works. It's like, not that's how that just... really works. And then there's over the, fuck? the Genshin fans are over there thinking like, oh, if we can get the player's choice award, we'll get Prima Gems for free. Because when Genshin has won best mobile game in the past, that they, they were awarded like, oh, in honor of us winning this award, everyone gets 1600 Prima Gems, which that's a lot in Genshin currency. Like that's enough for I think. I think you get ten pulls of that, which is a guarantee, a guaranteed like five star something, and that's not easy to come by for Genshin fans. So like they they wanted to kind of go in that direction again to be like, oh let's let's bank on this free currency again. It never was it promised either, so we don't know if this is actually going to happen. I don't think it is going to happen because I think there's a difference in like awards that the jury kind of votes on and decides versus community uh votes especially at this point where it's like everyone knew bots were getting involved on both sides of this kind of whole uh, struggle here and even though jeff Keeley kind of went on to say before giving out the award after removing the bots genshin fans won which only made sonic fans look worse as if they were the ones botting and without the bots they couldn't stand a chance in the polls because like <laughs> they the the numbers were public like the percentage of people voting uh for each and like every other game like stray elden ring god of war all had like four to six percent and genshin and sonic were neck and neck at like 39 percent each. why was genshin even eligible or no no was that the right word uh, eligible. eligible there you go there uh, so when it came out two years ago that's a, something people are really upset about too but all a lot of ongoing games are also uh uh, eligible like there's three oh, rounds of the player's choice where the first round has like 30 to 40 games people can vote for like final fantasy 14 destiny fortnite all these games are also in this category but usually don't really uh stand much of a chance to the competition why uh, is there like such an unhealthy obsession with sonic franchise from some people like uh, they've just been borderline so creepy obsession and i, I feel- would I would not be ashamed to, uh, you know, put that stance out there. That I think some people's obsession with Sonic is really fucking bizarre. It's it's a very interesting fandom that has held the uh, the test, like just really survived to the test and passed the test of time. Uh just of a very strong. Yeah, but the melee community is a fandom that survived the test of time, and I wouldn't consider them bizarre or freakish. Well, they also I meet would up with certain portions of the Sonic community. I think the core of what ma- the what they're doing in the melee fandom versus the Sonic fandom are two very different things. Where they are competing, like they are getting together. Play melee, Christian Christian goes to prison. That's what Christian does. <laughs> 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 do you know Christian Owen? Yes, I do. Okay, well, I wouldn't want to cover the whole story, but if no, if, if you're I, listening I, to the podcast, a crazy story of a very complex individual you uh, that existed in Sonic look it fandom. up with safe search on bleach next to you if you need to scrub your eyes and we don't we don't need to do a live report of it here <laughs> um, 
The only thing, oh, like, not. Oh, no, no, that's too far. Never mind. I was, the no, only no, thing no. I would say about Christian, which is way before, like, the really bad stuff started happening, is, like, there, I think it was Sonic Boom, where Sonic's arms were blue, but Christian was, like, going into GameStops trying to take down the cup cutouts because they were so upset. That's you guys should have to do a book up. report on Grish Chan for not doing your gaming resolution. <laughs> uh, it already exists. Either. There's a YouTube channel that like tells like the story of Chris Chan. Like you could, it's, it's like a like hundred hours long. It is so long. Like it is very documented. The story of this person because they have been online and doing weird shit for so long. Like even you guys know, uh shrek retold where they get a bunch of content creators to do like six seconds of animation and the, uh they got enough people where they had just different edits that retell all of shrek one they redo the whole story but it's just made of just different content creators like submissions and they have chris chan for six seconds in there and like the bar of quality just drops down so much for those six seconds <laughs> It's my favorite part of Shrek retail, but we're we're going off on a tangent at Christian here. Uh, and, and, Sonic again. You know, that never looks good. It never looks good <laughs> when you go off on a tangent about Christian. Um so the game awards, they happened. We're positive. Uh we just went through it all here and Really, I, I'm coming up near a time limit here, so I want to do a quick what we've been playing, and then we can get out of here. Um, Peter, have you been playing much lately? I know you just finished Gallagher. Just near Autom. I'm in the near Autom of Mines. Really? And I don't know when I'm getting out. How, how much progress have you made? Have you finished ending B yet? No. Okay. So, uh, you uh, finished that, ending it. A? It's- I finished ending A in the beginning of like when I was first playing the game. Oh, honestly, I, I was not positive of that. I didn't remember. Yeah, no, I've already done one playthrough of it. I started B, and then that fucking asinine first hour of the game, I'd play over again where if you die at any point, the restart the whole fucking thing. I got to the very end of it, and I died, and I got frustrated, and I said, fuck this game, and yeah. Um, and just, you've gotten past that feel- point. And this one, it feels like I've fallen back into a depression. That's that is my current review of Nero Tabata. Wow, but the music is incredible. My alcoholism, and I'm remembering all of the errors I have made as a person. But the the music is amazing, though, on the way, right? Like, what is this come to Jesus moment? All of you diehard Nier fans can't help but scream at people about. Like I'm, I'm waiting. I'm fucking waiting with bated breath to just like it's like how you hear like some people will take acid for the first time and they will just figure out all of the biggest issues in their life because they have this new perspective that they otherwise could not have found without this acid trip. I'm waiting for this moment that well, makes me really evaluate my opinion I'll, on humanity. I'll have you know when I was playing the game. I was very confident where where the point you're at. I was confident. I didn't like this game. I thought like I don't. So understand I'm it. guessing like root C or root three or whatever the fuck it's called. It's gonna be like all right. You actually see like footage of Jesus coming back from the dead. Uh, well, I'm not gonna tell you exactly what it is, but I didn't realize I loved the game. Like even Death Stranding, I had a similar uh, feeling playing the game where 
I was really miserable playing the game a lot of the time. Not that I was miserable playing Nier. That's, I, that's, I that's, am that's miserable great, playing Nier Automata. I say I'm that because you are miserable. Yeah, I was. I was miserable playing Death Stranding a lot of the time because I'd be climbing up a fucking mountain and I would fall down and lose thirty minutes. I remember f- playing Death Stranding, falling down a bit of a mountain. All my shit fell off of me, fell into a river, and just floated down the river, and I lost like thirty <laughs> plus minutes of progress. And I was like, "This is stupid. Why the fuck am I doing this?" Narrative, not like that because I like the combat a lot throughout it, but like narratively, I, I hate did not click look, until look, I I'm sorry, I, I hate looking at Nier Automata. I hate looking at it. I don't like its art style. I don't like the colors. I don't like the world. I said that in the beginning of the uh, beginning of the year. I'm saying it again. I still feel this way. I just I don't like the voice acting. I don't really care for the characters. The characters. I just don't like looking at the game. Well, Great music. About, I'll acknowledge that, but that's. Let's talk about like the world of it all. Just like all the humans are on the moon here, and the androids have to fight uh, the machines and the aliens. I don't feel like androids and machines. I don't. Again, that's another thing I don't like. It's like, oh, it's androids on the machines, and to me, it's like it's robots. You know, it's like it's it's they're all pretty fucking similar enough. I just and also like the the enemy designs too. I think are really odd and not in a cool like from soft way. It's just like a oh okay I guess this that's all that these enemy designs are. Ugh, like I just damn it I wish I had never said anything about near replicate. That's all I could think of when I played this. I should have shut my fucking mouth mm-hmm. and not acted like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, not a real gamer I guess. But uh, you'll finish this game and you'll have a different. No, Mark, I'm a fucking game. awesome person. That's my. Uh, you're a gamer. I'm cool. That's the. That's the difference yeah. between us, Mark. I'm a. Sure. I'm a rad guy, Mark. You're wow. a gamer. Congratulations. Sure. I'm well, awesome. You're gonna feel differently by the time you roll credits. Not like no. maybe. It's not gonna be like a complete 180, but you'll feel differently. Yeah, I'll hate it even more because I'll be like, this is the shl- this is the schlop I was told was a fucking feast. Yeah, for an anime I th- I character think with be Peter's take, yeah, just like oh, be nice. Oh, and I swear to you, the message is gonna be be nice to people, and it's gonna be like I can't believe I've never thought of this before. I don't think it'll be that. I'm I'm more predicting it's gonna be some like head ass like the world is corrupt kind of thing. Climate change is killing us. It's like oh, no. Like, oh, I can't believe it. Well, you got to stay tuned. I can't say much about it. Um, I have only been playing God of War. Um, still chipping away at it. It's going to take me a while. I just don't have that much time. Uh, very much enjoying it. There have been sections that drag more for me than than others, and I'll elaborate more on that in in a spoiler cast setting. But there's really nothing new that I can add to my thoughts on God of War as of right now. Mark, you played Stray and already talked about that. Do you have anything else? I've been playing Citizen Sleeper also. Ooh. Thoughts? Uh which it's it's very comparable to like Disco Elysium, a kind of uh RPG, Western RPG story, but not Western RPG in the sense of like uh Elder Scrolls or Dragon Age or anything like that, but more so like a Disco Elysium. Like or a like CRPG a, type of thing. Yeah, CRPG is the best way of saying it. Um where uh I I didn't like Disco Elysium, but I am liking Citizen Sleeper because A, I like the characters a lot more. Uh where like the main characters in Disco Elysium, or at least the main character you play as, 
is just really unlikable and just is kind of like a dick and just doesn't have a great uh, history. And it's just like, I don't like playing this person. Like he's like an awful vehicle for this game. And I just could not click with it. And the other, a lot of the characters around him, uh, just from what I could gather just early on, just not really into it either. And I could not get invested into it. Citizen Sleeper does not have that problem because you kind of play as this, uh, the story takes place on this space station uh, far into the future. Cause it's total sci-fi. You play as like this kind of mech, uh, robot person where you have a robot body but you're you're the memories of a person that is put into somebody a citizen sleeper you have gone to this uh today station to seek refuge because uh you are a rogue kind of robot because a citizen sleeper in this world is a kind of person what is like this person uh that has become software for this robot but people only become that machine person uh by signing a contract and like working for this company like some some companies only have people operate and surrender themselves like this to this eternal robot life if they're working for them. People breaking away from the company uh, uh, happens all the time, and people have to hunt them down. So you're constantly on the run from a company that is hunting you down. But you're also programmed in a way like all people in this world that are like the citizen sleepers. Uh, bodies are programmed to decay without certain like medication as well. So like you're also keeping track of like this meter of... Uh, how well your robot body is and you have to f- even find a doctor in the first place while this is all decaying and you're the more that you decay the less you can do every day because it is passing by time is passing by while you are also being hunted in this world just uh there's there's a lot of things you're juggling just trying to like set up this life trying to stay alive and also just balancing funds because you're also like have to pay for the stuff that you, you are getting if they uh, there's resources in food as well in this game, and uh, the the thing I, I like the most about this game is just uh, is its world. Ultimately, like all the stuff I've mentioned right now with the the citizen sleeper kind of kind of character, I think is very interesting. That like you are just in trying to like uh, gain your sentience and trying to get a life back from this co- like company. Like you have to jump through all these loopholes. Uh, that you you exist as property uh, to this company, and this game is really big on trying to to set a, a tone of just corporations are just really bad, and the, also gets into a whole thing of the wealthiest people aboard the space station, the kind of power and influence they have. Like that is this game's uh, bread and butter, telling a story in that vein, uh, and they paint a really vivid picture of it. I'm only so far into it. Uh, there's only so many storylines I've kind of followed because you can, like I said, there's different actions you can kind of take. There's a whole bunch of other characters you can kind of interact with. Some will help you, some will not. Uh, and in the CRPG fashion, just you can fail all these storylines depending on dice rolls. Like you can get a bad roll uh, and something bad can go on. That's it. Story done. Go find uh, do something elsewhere. Like for the first hour, I want to say, my income was dependent on like this shipyard quest, but I rolled poorly enough that I was no longer allowed to work there. Uh, I, I fucked up so bad that th- that was no longer an option. And I I was really depending on that money to pay for the meds I needed to to keep my my uh, robot healthy, my robot guy very healthy. So I like then start scouring somewhere else. There's like these moments of desperation and that that can kind of come together which is really kind of cool and really kind of big on the story of just like the position you are kind of put in just to try to stay alive. And Citizen Sleep is really big on that. But I played this game because it's one of the bigger games people are talking about. Uh, And also uh, 
in, in the vein that Disco Elysium was a game I didn't like. I I know there's going to be more games like that, and I think it was just a one-off kind of thing. And I was hoping a game like that would click for me. And right now, Citizen Sleeper's working out, so I'm happy with it. I'll probably be done with it by the next time we record. So I'll I'll have some closing thoughts on it. But that's what I got there. Other than that, I don't think I'm playing anything else. Not that I can remember. All right, sweet. Um, that's been another episode of the BNY Gaming Podcast. Thank you for joining us. And we expect to see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody.